There you go. Don't stop. Keep going. <laughs> you have to stop at um, Boat Team Pasta. Sorry, he loves me. My wife's a great stickler for time when it comes to church. Unfortunately, she's gone well over this morning and left me very little time, so we'll just take a little bit extra. Praise God. <clears throat> Sometimes we need to say stop, don't we? Sometimes God stops us in our tracks. Howie brought a great uh, word about stop and go last week. Last night I had a bit of... Um, it was quite funny. I was greeting everyone. I love to greet people and give them a hug. Half of them welcomed them along to the fireworks. One woman came along. Oh, good to see you. Gave her a hug. She might be here this morning. I don't know. <laughs> How many people know that I'm not, I, I, I'm not the, my str- strength is not remembering faces and names, <laughs> even five minutes later? Well, I gave her a big hug. And the next thing, she walks up again with some others. She says, oh, this is so-so. I said, oh, yeah, good to see you. And I gave her another hug. And then she laughed and chuckled. And then about 10 minutes later, she walks up with some more and goes, and I'd forgotten it was the same woman. So I give her a third hug. Sometimes we just need to stop, you know? Even me. Amen. God wants to stop us. He wants us to take stock. He wants us to reflect on our lives. And then he wants to send us off, sometimes in another direction. Paul was going to go somewhere. We heard last week, God stopped him. He was going to go somewhere else. The Spirit stopped him. You know, God will shut doors. He'll open doors. Let's pray. Father, we just want to thank you that you are for us, that you guide us, and that the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. Father, you sometimes close doors to stop us from going places we shouldn't go or in a direction we shouldn't go, but you open other doors for us. We pray that this morning might be a time when we stop, reflect, and maybe go off in another direction. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. In the past, the people of God sacrificed um, to cover their sins. But when Jesus came, all that stopped. And uh, Hebrews tells us by one offering, he perfected forever those that were set apart or sanctified, made holy by God. It took one offering and it stopped all the sacrifices of the Old Testament. And in John uh, 11 and 25, Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. See, the offerings in the Old Testament just covered over sin. But when Jesus came, he took away all that offering. He took away all the selfishness of man, and he gave resurrection. He brought new life. He sent man off in another whole new direction with a whole new life. He doesn't give man a, a, new, a, a new start to life. He doesn't want to give you a new start to life. He doesn't want you to try and turn over a new leaf, to be bound by religion and, and your own effort, no, he wants to give you a new start, a life to start with. Because he said, I am the resurrection and the life. It is his life. And that's why we often sing, your blood flows through my veins. It is his life. The word says, he that has the son has life. He that doesn't have the son of God does not have life. Resurrection is not something that Jesus just did. Because he did raise people from the dead. But it's something that he is. He is the resurrection and the life. We're going to read a great scripture this morning, and then we're going to read another story that illustrates the scripture. There are amazing things God wants to do in us and through us here in Northland. That's for everyone sitting here today. So the scripture I want to read, and it'll be above me, is Colossians 1 and 27, and it says to them, 
That's to the saints. God willed, that's His will, to make known what are the riches of the glory. Say riches. Say glory. 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 Yeah. Riches of the glory of this mystery among you, the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Christ in you. Not you standing beside Jesus and trying to be like him. It's Christ actually in you. Now we're going to read a story in John chapter 4. I'm reading it verse 1. It's a long story, but you're going to bear with me. The first hour will be the worth. The following hours, it'll sort of, by then you'll be asleep and you'll find it a lot easier. <clears throat> no, you won't. You're wide awake. <laughs> verse 1, John. Therefore, when the Lord knew that the Pharisees had heard that Jesus made and baptized more disciples than John, though Jesus himself did not baptize but his disciples, he left Judea and departed into Galilee. What? Here they are in the middle of a revival, and then he decides to pack up and go. They're baptizing people, people people's lives are being transformed, and he packs up and he's off. That's amazing. Why? Why would he take off in the middle of a revival? Why would he just stop and then go off somewhere else? Let's read on, verse 4. But he needed to go through Samaria. He needed to go through Samaria, verse 5. So he, so he came to a city of Samaria, which is called Sychar, near the plot of ground that Jacob gave to his son Joseph. Well, that was hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years before. Now, Jacob's well was there. Ah, still there. In the old days, they built things to last. We've actually still got a freezer at home that I bought, and it was about eight years old then, and that was, I bought it before I got married. And it's been running 24-7 for 30-odd years, over 30 years, and it still goes. Things were made to last. Well, Jacob had a well, and hundreds of years, probably over 1,000 years later, it's still there. A little bit different today, eh? But don't get hoodwinked. The world is... It's made by Jacob. Amen. Jacob's well was there. Jesus, therefore, being wearied from his journey, sat by the well. It was about the sixth hour. What's the sixth hour? Does anybody know what the sixth hour is? Midday. Twelve o'clock. You start at six in the morning. A bit different to our, our, our time. Sun was up, it was hot, and he was tired. He'd been walking. He packed up from a revival, and he set off out. And here he is, sitting down midday, very hot. People wouldn't come out to the well at midday generally. They'd be watering their uh, stock in the morning or in the evening, twice a day. But here he was at midday. He could have gone anywhere. He could have gone anywhere. Jesus could have gone anywhere. He was free to do what he wanted. But it said he needed to go through Samaria. Now, for centuries, there'd been sort of a uh, racial, religious tensions between the Samaritans and the Jews. And uh, people would go around Samaria to get to Galilee. But not Jesus. He needed to go through Samaria. Wonder why. Wonder why. Jesus will never let this world's problems stop him. He won't let any church denomination stop him from reaching someone. 
He'll not any, let any walls you put up or what you've been through in life or how you've been put down with the, the color of your skin. He won't let it stop him. He's there to reach you. He needed, he needed to get there. He is, he's not sitting, he, here he is sitting on the well and he's now just waiting. He was tired, but he just sat there. He wasn't about to force himself on anyone. He just sat down there he just waited. And then this woman comes out. Verse 7, a woman of Samaria came to draw water, and Jesus said to her, give me a drink. For his disciples had gone away into the city to buy food. This is the hottest part of the day. What was this woman doing coming out that time of the day? You know? What was going on in her life that caused her to come out when no one else was around and no one else could see her? What was going on in her heart? I've got three points I want you to remember today about this woman. The first is she came to a well. Repeat after me. She came to a well. That's it. Remember that. She came to a well. Verse 9. I told you it was a long story, this. This is the Word of God. It's a good story. It's a good story. Then the woman of Samaria said to him, How is it that you, being a Jew, ask a drink from me, a Samaritan woman? This ain't the normal way we roll around here. The Jews have no dealings with the Samaritans. Jesus answered and said to her, If you knew the gift of God and who it was that said to you, Give me a drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. Anyone want a drink here today? You want a drink? Just a little bit? This is living water. It's available today. Jesus is saying, if you had a new, known who was here, it's not just me standing here. It's Jesus wants to offer you some living water today. So here's this woman. The woman said to him, Sir, you have nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. Where then do you get this living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob, who gave us this well and drank from it himself, as well as his sons and his livestock? You see, in other words, she's saying, you got no bucket. you got no bucket. You won't be able to get any water. You want to give me a drink. I've got the bucket. But she's thinking in the natural. Perhaps you're here this morning, and you're thinking in the natural. You've been using your bucket for many years to draw up uh, resources and water or things in your life that never satisfy. You might have been going to church for years, yeah? And you might have been making a big effort for years, and you're still not satisfied, and you're still thirsty, and you might even feel ashamed at times, and you want to get away from people, and you want to come where no one can see you, but God can see you. He can see your heart. Man looks on the outward appearance, but the Lord looks on the heart. Jesus answered and said to her, whoever drinks this water will thirst again. Do you get thirsty often? I'm actually thirsty right now. Where's my water? <clears throat> Though the natural man perish, the inward is renewed day by day, eh? Praise God. But whoever drinks the water that I will give him will never thirst. Say never thirst. never thirst. That would be good. 
be good on the inside if we're never thirsty, you know? Just not happy with life. You know, there must be more. There must be more than this. Well, there is. There's Jesus. <laughs> he, can, he, he actually satisfies. Yeah, but I've been standing alongside Jesus for years and, and trying to be like him, and I, I keep failing. But he doesn't want you to do like that. He wants you to imbibe him. He wants you to drink and draw from him. Take him in on the inside and have living water within. So Jesus said the water that I shall give him will be in him a well uh, or a fountain of water springing up. Woo, say springing up. That's a good word right there. Springing up. I think here at Excite we spring up when we worship. We spring up. We, we, we rejoice because there's living water within us. And we spring up, and there's a well that's springing up, a fountain, springing up into everlasting life. Maybe the reason why you're not satisfied is because you've got the wrong bucket. You're going to the wrong well. You're looking for the wrong resources to satisfy. Maybe it's all about self. Religion's all about self and your best effort, the best effort of man. God doesn't want to borrow that. He's happy with his man. And he wants you to be happy with his man as well. And he sent him. The Father sent the Son to be the Savior, Savior of the world. Jesus came to seek and to save those that were lost. He can save you now. He can bring you a present portion. He can satisfy your heart right now. Praise God. Wow. What's the first thing we said? She came to a well. Number two, she met a well. Ooh, she made a well. Jesus, a fountain of living water. Say living water. Come on, are you with me this morning? Come on. Living water. Are you alive today? If you're not, you're going to be resurrected by the end of the service. <laughs> Jesus is a real well. He's a real source of life. Let's go back to that first verse I read in Colossians 27. To them God willed to make known what are the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles. They're right out in the outermost parts of the earth. This is the um, amplified translation. In New Zealand, Northland, Kerry, Kerry, he wanted to make known, which is Christ in you. Christ in you, the hope of what? Glory. glory. Say glory. glory. Come on. Glory. Woo. That's it. Glory. <laughs> Praise God. This word's living, eh? I believe it. You, 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 link, you actually believe it, and something happens on the inside, eh? It's, it's good. I like it. It's really fun. <laughs> Come on. Verse 15. The woman said to him, Sir, give me this water. I told you this was a long story. We're only halfway through. Give me this water that I may not thirst nor come here to draw. So she's still thinking in the natural, isn't she? Jesus said to her, Oh, go call your husband and come here. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> we, we don't upset anybody, do we? This is a bit sensitive, wasn't it? The woman answered and said, I have no husband. This is where we meet the, meet the real person, eh? This is where we meet the real person. You see, it's a complicated person. It's a distressed person that Jesus loves to meet. If your life is messed up, if you can't control, if it's all in disarray, Jesus wants to meet you this morning. 
but he might put the finger, his finger on what is going in because man looks on the outward appearance. You can cover it all up to man. You can come out to the well at midday when no one's around, but God looks on the heart. The Lord looks on the heart, and he knows everything you're going through, every thought you have, whether it's good or bad. Wow. No earthly well would satisfy this woman. It's... It's, 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 it's Jesus alone that satisfies our heart. It's his blood that cleanses us from all the past, all our sin and selfishness. Wow. See, she'd been drawing from this earthly well. And what it did, what it did, and what it does today, whether it's entertainment, whether it's money, whether it's popularity, whether it's all about you, all about me, what happens is, the more we draw from it, the more we want. Do you, know, do you know, it's a bit like eating, eh? I love food. But I've, got to get, I've had to get off sugar. The last three and a half, four months, I've lost 10 kg because I had to get off sugar. You know what people do? They put sugar in the food because when you taste the sugar, you want more. You want more. And that's what the enemy loves to do. He loves to come and offer us all the pleasures and the riches of this world. He tried that on Jesus, and Jesus took him back to the Word three times. Wow. One of the books of Moses, he said, it is written, it is written, it is written. He offered him everything. And he'll offer you everything. He'll offer you fame. He'll offer you money. He'll offer you the pleasures of this world that last only for a season. But you'll still be thirsty on the inside. And it's deceptive. It's like putting sugar in the food. So we need to get rid of those biscuits down the back. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> confession is good for the soul. Uh, Je Jesus won't give up on you, though. Today you might think your situation is tough, but he's not going to give up on you. He wants you to come to him. He's got something for you that will satisfy you forever. Jesus wants you to stop, though. The height of stupidity is doing the same thing over and over again, going back and back to the same well and thinking that things will change, but they won't. You want to come to Jesus. She came to a well, and she met a well. Pray, praise God. Let's go on with the story. We're only down to verse 17. Jesus said to her, You have well said, I have no husband, for you have had five husbands, and the one who you now have is not your husband, in that, you spoke truly. You can't pull the wool over the Lord's eyes. You know, you can't just try and cover up sin and then just get around it and think that I'll have my sin and selfishness and I want to add Jesus to my life and I just want, want, want. No, that no, doesn't work like that. You have to turn away from selfishness to turn to the selfless one, the one who is never selfish, who is other-centered, and that's exactly what love is, and God is love, and he loves you. She realized she's been drilling in all the wrong places. And I don't know if I'm speaking to someone here today, but maybe for years and years you've been drilling in the wrong places. You might have been coming to church or you might not have. But regardless of that, you might have been drilling in the wrong places. And God is speaking to you today. And he wants you to come to him. She tried to deflect it. She tries to deflect it now, and she tries to get around it. So what does she say in verse 19? The woman said to him, um, Sir, I um, perceive that... Um, that you are a prophet, and um, the fathers worshipped in this mountain, and you Jews say that in Jerusalem is a place we ought to worship. Let's have a bit of a doctrinal discussion around this. Let's just uh, skirt around this because you're getting a bit too close. Verse 20. 
you're getting a bit too close to what's really going on in my heart and life. Jesus, uh, you just see him there shaking his head. No, 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 we're going to get real now. It's not all about that. Jesus said to her, woman, believe me, the hour is coming when neither on this mountain or, nor at Jerusalem, uh, uh, when you will neither on this mountain nor at Jerusalem worship the Father. You worship what you do not know. We know what we worship for salvation is of the Jews. Jesus is basically saying, he says, believe me. He says, woman, believe me. Believe me. That's how it was, you know. Yesterday's gone forever. That's how it was. This is how we're going to roll from, this is how it really is now. This, and this is how we're going to roll from here on out. You might have been living your life the way you thought it should be and the way you thought you should live as a Christian. And that's how it was. But maybe God's got, wants you to roll a little bit different from now on, eh? Possibly. And he says in verse 23, but the hour is coming and now is, right here now, when the true worshipers will worship the Father in what? Spirit and in truth. Mate, when you got God's Spirit in you, you worship. Come on, we talk about Him set us free, you know. He set me free, you know. No, no, he, he, no, praise God, when his spirit's in you, you are revitalized, you're empowered, you are built up, you are just overflowing, your cup is full and overflowing. It's in spirit and in truth. What he's really saying is, he says, I'm over religion. I'm over you trying to do it on your own. That does not impress me. Give up, let off, stop it, stop it. I want you to go in another direction. Stop it. Stop thinking you need to get right with me before you come to me. I'm into people that are messed up because it's not about you. It's about what I've done for you and what I can be to you. And it's not even just about what I've done. It's what I am now to you today. Yeah? The wonderful thing is, it's not really us that's seeking the Lord. It's Him that's looking for us. He always was. Do you know, two, it was only two days ago that he came down from heaven and went to the cross. 2,000 years. The Bible says a day with the Lord is a 1,000 years, and a 1,000 years is one day. A couple of days ago, I want to bring it. You see, when we think that way, we think, hey, he's just done it, and he's just done it for me. This is very current. In God's heart, who lives in eternity, he's only just done it. It's only two days ago he died on the cross for you. He came so that he might live in you, that he might become that fountain, that you might turn away from self-effort, that you might stop doing all your sacrificing, uh, and, and that you might just realize that Jesus is the Lamb of God. He's taken away your sin, but that we can confess now that he is Lord, and we can believe that God has raised him from the dead because he's risen in me. And I've received him as my Lord and Savior. So there's a real stop and go happens here when Jesus comes on the scene. And two days ago, he came to die for you and for me. He went into death. He was buried for you and for me. And he rose again for you and for me two days ago. What are you going to do with Jesus? He's just sitting there. He's waiting. He's a gentleman. And he wants you to invite him into your heart and into your life right now. And he will be within you a well of living water. But the thing is, you can't have him and what you've already had up to now. Let it go. Let it go. Just give off. Leave it. Leave it. You know? Stop it. Just stop it. Yeah? He just wants, 
He just wants you to just imbibe him. I love doing communion, eh? We just did communion with the prayer team at the start. I love communion. Once a month we do it with the church. Once a month we do it at 20 past nine when we have prayer in between time. We could do communion every day. And every day we are communing with our Lord because we're feeding upon him the bread of life daily. Amen. So verse 25, the woman said to him, I know that Messiah is coming, who is called Christ, or the anointed one. When he comes, he will tell us all things. Jesus said to her, I who speak to you are he, am he. He's basically saying, I'll give you the peace that you can't find. I will give you the love that you can't find. I will satisfy your unsatisfied hearts. I will be everything to you if only you will let me, if only you'll welcome me in. I don't want to stand beside you. I want to come in. I'm knocking at the door of your heart, and I want you to open and you to receive me. So it's time to lay down your bucket. It was time for this woman to lay down her bucket. He wants to take your issues and give you eternal life. He wants to take your past. He wants to give you eternal life. Eternal life's not just one day you're going to die and I'm going to go to heaven and I'll have eternal life. No, no, eternal life is Jesus' life. It's the quality of life that flows through the veins of Jesus. He shed his blood. He gave his eternal life. He came from glory. The second man is from the Lord from heaven. He came from glory and he shared his eternal life so that you would imbibe it and that you would have that eternal life now and you become Jesus to a Christ-rejecting world. Mind you, all everyone in this world is looking for Jesus. What they really reject is religion. Man's ways. They re- reject that empty bucket, that bucket that will just never satisfy. But they can have the real thing. People want the real deal. They want the real Jesus. And they, you can have them today. So then the last few verses there, it says, 20, verse 27, And at this point his disciples came, and they marveled that he had talked with a woman, yet... Uh, with the woman, but yet um, no one said to him, what, what do you seek or why are you talking with her? Because this ain't the normal way we roll, you know. Um, but they were a bit ashamed to say that. The woman then, when left her, then left her water pot, went her way into the city and said to the men, come. So suddenly she's changed. She's not trying to hide from people now, eh? Suddenly she's got a boldness come over her. Well, how would you like a boldness to come over you? Well, you're not ashamed of what people think or how they look at you. You know, I used to hate doing speeches at school. My hands used to shake. I was never good at putting my thoughts down on paper, so I'd get an encyclopedia and find something about dinosaurs and write it down word for word, then get up and read it. (laughs) I hated it. But since I've got Jesus, I've got a boldness. I don't care what you think about me, what you say about me. My heart is satisfied with Jesus. I don't need to be satisfied from you and what you think and... And what you say? So the woman left the pot and went to the city and said to the men, Come see a man who told me all things that ever I did. Could, could this be Christ or the anointed one? Then they, went into the, uh, then they went out of the city and came to him. So here she is evangelizing. She came to a well, yeah? She met a well. And the third one, she became a well. 
Imagine having a well within you. And you go into the city and suddenly she's saying, no longer thinking about herself. She's got rid of that old bucket and she's saying, come, come on, guys, come on out here. Come and see a man who told me he knows everything about me. He always did and he still wanted me. And he's this shepherd that goes after the one sheep that is lost. And he leaves no stone unturned. He, 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 he must needs go through Samaria because he wanted that one sheep. And that's you. He must come to Kerikiri and he's here this morning and excited. And he wants you to open your heart to receive him so that it, you will have in you a well of living water springing up. Come on, say springing up. Come on. Woo. This is exciting. I'm going to get saved all over again. <laughs> she became a well. Wow. These guys want to get on. Here we go. A bit of music. Oh, that's sweet, eh? Who loves music? Can you keep it coming? Turn it up a little bit. I want to tell you that when you receive Jesus, music will happen on the inside of you. You'll have a well on the inside of you. You'll have a, the spirit of the living God, not... The, not, not a dead spirit anymore. You'll be quickened. You'll be made alive. You'll have a well of living water that's springing up within you. Are you ready to receive Him? Are you ready to let go of all that stuff you're into that is never satisfying, that you've been deceived by for so long, even if it's your own uh, religious activities and your attempt to please God? Let it all go. Maybe it's the world. Maybe you've tried it all and it's never satisfied. That's how I came to Jesus. Never satisfied by the world, but I tried a lot. But now I'm satisfied. And you can receive Him this morning. You can ask Him into your heart and life. You can do business with Jesus. He's knocking. He's sitting on the well. He's a gentleman, but He's just waiting. And He's putting His finger on the things that are, you know, you know what it is. You know what you're trying to sidetrack and get around. You know what it is. God knows. You never deceive Him. Everything is naked and open to the, before the eyes of Him that we have to do, the Bible says. But He wants you to receive Him. So just as we bow our heads, you can just do that in a simple way. Let's just pray. If you've never received Jesus before, you can just ask Him, or you can pray with, with me just to ask Him into your heart and life, to let go of all your past, because He's not interested in that. He just wants to give you living water. He wants to become that to you. He wants you to feed upon Him, to look to His righteousness, His holiness. He wants that you to receive that. Because two days ago, He went to the cross for you. And He died. Christ died for our sins. But He was buried. But then He rose again. And this morning, Lord, we just want to thank You that You died on the cross for us. You died for all our selfishness. You've taken all our sin away. You have redeemed us with Your blood that You shed at the cross. We confess you as Lord of our lives today. You are Lord Jesus. We believe in our hearts that God has raised you from the dead. And there's a fountain. We can have you as that living fountain within us springing up into everlasting life. Because you are alive forevermore. Death couldn't hold you. Love was stronger than death, but it took you to death. Through death. And you are the risen man accepted with the Father in the glory today. And we're accepted in you. So, Lord, we just want to thank you. As we confess you, Lord, of our lives for your so great salvation, we want nothing else but you from start to finish because you are the beginning and the end. You're the Alpha and the Omega, and you satisfy us. And we look up. We look out. We look to you 
We thank you that you're on the inside. Thank you for your Holy Spirit, Father. Just anoint the congregation today, we pray, that they might encounter you and that living fountain within, the Holy Spirit springing up from the inside. Your Spirit's made alive. We call the dead to rise today. Dead spirits to rise today in Jesus' name. Be resurrected in Him, we, we, we declare resurrection over you this morning. Amen. Praise God. Let's sing together and let's let that fountain rip and roar here this morning. Living water. Praise God. She came to a well. She met a well. She became a well. Now it's your turn. Because two days ago, Jesus died. He was buried and he rose again for you. And he's alive forevermore. Let's praise him now.
Praise God. Now you have, now you've become a well of living water. Now you can go out in the community and you can draw, people can draw from that unlimited resource because the streams of God are flowing through your spirit. Out of your belly will flow rivers or innermost being will flow rivers of living water. Now you're going to be like this woman who became a well and you're going to go out in the community and say, come. Jesus says, come. You lead them to Him. We point to Him. You don't necessarily need to bring them along here. You can take them straight to Jesus. The church, we don't let the church get between somebody and Jesus. We are the church and we go out into our community this week and God is going to bless us as we share the good news with others as we're alive in Him. And people just ask us the reason why. Why are you different? Why are you so happy? Why can you go through trials and still be the same? No, you know, surely, why is it you don't give up? (laughs) We've already given up, that's why. And we're looking up to Him. Praise God. Keep looking up. Keep rejoicing in the Lord. We're going to be back here next week, Sunday morning with all the, all the ones you bring along. Come see a man who told me all things that ever I did. Isn't this the Christ? Christ in you, the hope of glory. Praise God. Isn't this fun?